Okay, so I had a couple of quick things that I wanted to share. The I'll save the, the most in-depth for last. But the first thing that I just wanted to mention, something that I'd been thinking about this week as a note for those of us who are parents and those of us to, who aspire to be parents one day. The idea of affections is a very important one. And when we're raising our children, our hope and prayer for our children ultimately is that God, by his grace, will give them a new heart. We know that none of our parenting techniques can fix a dead heart. Only God can resurrect the heart that is dead. At the same time, we want to do our part to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And one of those things, a part of that is watching the affections, watching the things that we love. We want to what does scripture say? The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is a, a passion, a focus, a drive for God first. God above all else. We should want that for ourselves and we should want that for our children. This has ramifications for our approaches to media. Because media is a... It, it is a affection-focused business. Right? Media is all about giving you what you like. You watch media because you enjoy it. It's not like maybe, say, exercise. Right? Some people may enjoy exercise and some people may not enjoy exercise, but you do it because you need to. Media is not like that. Nobody goes to the movies because they need to. They go to the movies because they want to, and it's fun. And I'm not saying that that's wrong necessarily, but the point is it's all about the affections. This is something that you only do for, for, for pleasure. So the question is what affections are we cultivating in our own hearts and in the hearts of our children. So this is just a practical observation, but we live in a culture that is so saturated with media that it's really easy for even us as adults, let alone our children, to get really excited about fill in the, fill in the blank, character X, Captain America, he's so awesome, or um, a star, some character from Star Wars, or fill in the blank. It's, there's a constant stream of these, you know, Frozen uh, Elsa from Frozen, whatever, whatever the case may be, this character, I love this character, I identify with, I identify with this character, I love the story, and now all of my ima- imaginations and all of my toys and everything, it's all, this is all me being Elsa in her ice castle, that's consuming my life. Well, is this, is this like deep sin in the hearts of our children? Well, they're, they're kids. The only point that I'm trying to make here is that stories grab our hearts. Stories really engage us. You can even... You can even know this when you look at a, uh, like a sermon or a talk and the speaker starts telling a story. What happens? Boom! Immediately, everybody keys in because there's a story and we want to know what happens. So here's all of that as, as prologue. My only point with this is the Bible is full of stories. I want my kids to fall in love with the stories of the Bible. The, uh, I want the heroes that they dream about being to primarily be the ones from the Bible. That doesn't mean I don't ever want them to see good movies or imagine themselves, you know, being the hero in such and such scenario. It's fine. I'm not, that's not my point. My point is I want them to be feasting primarily on the goodness of God's word. And so easily we get used to the stories of the Bible and they kind of get old hat. And so we read them in this kind of flat and didactic style because, we're, well, this is our Bible reading time. And that's not how I want to read the stories of scripture to my kids. That's not how I want them to see. And that's not how I want myself to see and hear the stories of the Bible, let alone my children. So if I'm going to read them the story of David, I don't want to just say, and so David went to the battlefield and there was a giant. And the giant said, you know, I defy the armies of Israel. And David said, who is this Philistine? No, 
I want to stand up in front of my kids and I, I, want, them to, I want them to be there. I want them to, because I mean, this, these stories really are that good. They really are this, this when I say that a giant, I'm talking a giant. He was this big. And he said, I defy the armies of Israel. And David heard the shout. And David said, who is this man? Only he was a little boy, so his voice was probably higher. Well, not a little boy, right? He's a young man, so I don't know where his, where his voice is at in there. But the point is, David got into this. It was just, this was emotional for David. David said, who is this man who dares to blaspheme Yahweh, the living and true God? And David goes to the king, and the king's scared. The king, the seasoned warrior, the biggest man in Israel, he's scared to go face this giant. But what does David say? David says, I've killed a lion, I've killed a bear, and the same God that protected me will protect me from this giant. Because David was a man of faith. And because of that, he goes out in the battlefield and he trusts in God and he strikes down the giant and he cuts off his head and wins a great victory for the children of Israel. That's an awesome story. And I would much rather my son be pretending to be David or fill in the blank in any of these amazing wealth of biblical stories than some fictional Disney character. So that's my only point is when we tell the stories of scripture to our kids, there is a power that having mommy or daddy look me in the eyes and tell me a story just grabs the hearts of children in a way that nothing else does. So as parents, we don't want to miss that. I want that. I want to take advantage of that to get my kids engaged. This is amazing. They heard a story recently, one of the miracles of Jesus. And he was walking, what was it? Walking on water? I can't remember. But there's one of the miracles of, in, in Scripture. And the kid's like, wow, he really did that? And my wife and I were talking about it. We live in a day and age where there's just Marvel movies everywhere. Where miracles, we're used to that. We're used to seeing that stuff on screen. Now, of course, it's not real. It's all effects. It's all visual effects. But that's the right reaction when we read the miracles of God in Scripture. It should be, whoa! That's amazing. I mean, that's what the disciples said. Jesus walks in the water. Peter goes out and start, you know, starts to doubt and goes into the water and Jesus saves them and gets in the boat. And they say, this guy is the son of God. Wow. That's how miracles are supposed to make us react. The ascension. Yes, Jesus ascends to heaven. My kids are like, wow. Jesus did that? that? That's how we're supposed to react to these things because these are true accounts of miraculous events. We're just so used to them. Like, yeah, well, I mean, he ascended into heaven. Yeah, that's the ascension. I mean, we're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he resurrected on the third day. No, you, what? Like, really? Yeah, really. He was dead, and he came back, and he was seen and touched, and he walked around. So, let's be more excited about the stories of Scripture than we are about the pitiful little imitations that our culture has to offer. Okay, so that, there's, there's one.